So it's going to take us a minute to get back into this, I think, John. Yes, yeah. We took a long break from recording. <laughs> we, we took a long break, and I think you said that in order for you to even pull this off this morning, you needed to start 30 minutes ago, and here we yeah. are 30 minutes yeah. later. I mean, it, that was just yeah. a guess, so I think we could be okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think, uh, would you like to explain our break from, uh, uh, you know, not, not that we had any promise right. to deliver yeah. content. I don't, so, I don't you know, know what, what is the real cause, you know, like I could, there are maybe several different reasons, but uh, I don't want to be so I bold know as cause. to like say what the reason <laughs> is. The cause is, is that you, uh, you felt like your, your recording situation wasn't uh, appropriate for a yeah. while. That was part of it. That's part of it, you yeah. To that. Yeah, because I, I used to have a nice cozy recording booth that I would use, and then um, we moved, so I lost that. And uh, so now really listeners with really sharp ears for sound quality might detect some change in my, in my um, you know, ambient sound <laughs> or whatever uh unlike most content creators as you move on into the <laughs> right uh, uh, 30f everyone else gets a better studio and john right. yeah mine gets worse <laughs> john gets yeah yeah so it could be uh that could be interpreted yeah perhaps but at the same time i i kind of feel like that was just an excuse too that i don't think i i I don't know why, but I suspect we wouldn't have been recording anyway. Um, but what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's not like... Uh, uh, I think there was a lot that we were reflecting on anyway. I don't even remember the last one we did. Maybe it was the arms race one. Yeah. But um, And that might just be the last one we actually uh, published. I think we might have recorded Right, right. One or we two recorded after that. a couple that I scrapped, and yeah, yeah I didn't really feel great about them but uh but yeah so uh but now now we've been talking about this year uh yeah actually because <laughs> i said like we we were going to do a summer episode and then you were like well we did that last year but we, i was like well we got to do it again it's summer <laughs> right and yeah. so uh and then we tossed that one and um yeah it's uh it's been a while it's yeah been a while but uh but now we've been reflecting on our new year, and we uh, we realized that uh, you know some of the difficulty that that we run into as teachers like still persists, and in some ways are like probably more frustrating than they are to like uh, to any teachers who are totally embracing conventional methods. Yeah, uh, and so we thought we'd maybe talk about that. Yeah, and and. and kind of ironic well, I don't know if it's ironic but title the episode the frontiers of discovery <laughs> uh, <Yes. laughs> it's not ironic maybe it's hyperbolic yeah uh, but, but in some ways in some ways it's it's ridiculous but in other ways it's not and uh, hopefully yeah. the episode you know shows that isn't hyperbole a type of irony or it's figurative speech it, anyway I, yeah it's not it's, necessarily yeah. irony but yeah uh, yeah yeah figurative speech yeah for sure um yeah so yeah, the frontiers of discovery, which obviously that's where we are, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and, you know, elevate ourselves right, there. Yeah. No, it's it's basically, uh, but, yeah, go ahead. 
No, no. I, I was I was going to kick over to you to point out that that this is like a romanticized uh, idea anyway. So yeah. So uh, just to kind of talk about why you know why is this this kind of topic coming up for us? For me, um, last year I you know was teaching for the first time in a, in a while. I had been doing some like administrative work at at a school before that, and then last year was the first year I was actually back in the classroom teaching uh, teaching a, a grade level and age group that I wasn't that I hadn't taught before. Like they're much, they're significantly younger than the students I had taught before. Um, and then this year, it's just sort of ramping up more and more where this year I'm full-time teaching and I have two different grade levels. It's a small private school, so that's my situation. So I have very small classes and everything. And um, so I'm just being more and more confronted with the, first of all, the opportunity to implement some ideas, like a lot of things that we, we've talked about a lot on the podcast, but also just the reality of trying to do those things and the challenges and obstacles that, that, that we run into. And um, I've experienced quite a lot of stress <laughs> because of that, you know, quite a lot of, um, uh, and it just reminds me that like when we just talk about this stuff theoretically, which actually, you know, when we first started the podcast, I was just coming out of like a basically mostly theoretical world that, cause I hadn't taught um, for several years, right? You were still teaching, you know, yeah. continually the whole yeah. time, um, and so it just, yeah, it kind of made me makes me realize that there's a really big difference between theorizing about the classroom, even theorizing based on experience, and there's a difference right. between that and teaching, <laughs> you know, like right now, like you know, and um, and dealing immediately with with the issues and the questions and the results. And the you know the feedback and reactions that you get in the actual classroom as you're teaching, and so we we started thinking about you know the pitfalls of being on the frontiers of discovery, you know, but right, basically trying yeah. to do new stuff. <laughs> the yeah. pitfalls of of doing new stuff based on some insights about how insights to, from experience yeah. and insights from theory, right, right, and two of the ways all of, coming together, yeah. I guess two ways of characterizing those pitfalls or two types of pitfalls maybe, or maybe they're the same, I don't know. But one is to romanticize the endeavor, right? Um, yeah. And to think that all problems that teachers face will go away once the enlightened teacher starts implementing the enlightened <laughs> methods. Right, <laughs> right, right. Uh, right. And then the other one is a sort of, you know, could be characterized more as arrogance or hubris, that um, comes along with, um, you know, this attitude or, or um, feeling of seeing through the faulty and misguided approaches to education or teaching that are conventional, right, and that that are right. the ones that dominate, and right. um, yeah, seeing seeing yourself as on the frontier of discovery, <laughs> basically, right, well, right. There's a hubris, yeah. that comes and, with that. Yeah, there's a hubris that, that's yeah that's problematic for several reasons. One is it uh, just because you're displacing a, a, a conventional method right. doesn't mean that your method <laughs> automatically is right uh, is elevated. But the other one, and far more uh, personal, is 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 that the you know pride and the fall right. have this link. Yes. Uh, 
the greater the pride, the greater the fall. Right. And so both of these, you know, one, the romanticism can lead to disillusionment, right? Because when you see that things aren't as rosy and <laughs> and perfect as you as you you know hoped they would be or envisioned them to be, and the other one, I think, the hubris can leads to humiliation, <laughs> basically. Yeah. You know when right. That, if a person, you know, like people better than me probably don't have to face the problem of hubris. Maybe they, you know, face the problem of, of romanticizing it and then being a bit disillusioned. But uh, someone like me also has the the problem of <laughs> of the hubris and uh, the fall, which can be pretty painful. Um, and yeah, so we just wanted to talk about these two as sort of realities. Of, well, it- yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, and and on a personal note, on my side, even though I'd been teaching, uh, I, I think the the podcast talking about it, and then you know getting into some of these uh, these thinkers that we uh, that we found like pretty engaging, you know, specifically like Alfie Cohn, yeah, right, who's uh, driven a lot of like our background discussions. Uh, you know, it sort of like put me in a spot of like, oh, well, you know, I've been pretty. Uh, unconventional in my methods, but I could really push this. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Um, I think at around the you know same time that you were getting back into teaching, I was I was trying to figure out how to like really uh, experiment in the classroom, like right. where you know where convention didn't even have a place, uh, and uh, and I and. And, and I, I we've done a lot of like encouraging each other to get through some some difficulties, but uh, because I think like we hear each other talking, mm-hmm. like we'll be talking to each other about personal experiences, and we'll say, oh, well, that's this sounds like you're running a good classroom, but personally, it feels like something's really off, and it's I think it's that you know uh, being in an environment where you're, where you, you don't have that safety. Of like, oh, I'm doing this the way that people expect, right? Yeah, and and you like, no matter how like self assured you might feel with your theory and your experience <laughs> right. and your podcast, <laughs> you still you still like, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I was thinking that maybe we, uh, you know, to the sen- you know, to the point that we can share this uh, without without violating any you know privacy, right? But I think we we could, we probably have a few anecdotes we can we can share to, to clarify what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I should have put some thought into that then before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, I was like in the middle of saying that. I was like, oh, you know what? I want to share, I want to I talk about Detroit. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, but we could also, we could save that for later. Yeah, um, um, well, let me let me try. All right, and if, if, I, if you... You can help me figure out if I'm violating any confidentiality, and then we can just scrap this if that's the yeah. case. Yeah. Uh, so maybe yeah, this will add. You know, if if this does make the recording, then it'll be you know interesting for the listener to <laughs> to hear us dance. Right, you know, right. try to walk right, this, yeah. this walk this line <laughs> to hear us work through this. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my situation in you know in teaching is uh, the the private school where I teach. I would say that the overall approach of the community to education including you know the 
the staff of the school, well, not so much the staff, let me say the like founders of the school and the sort of um, those who are the major, you know, the top decision makers and determining the path of the school. And then um, amongst the community of parents and and others like in the in the sort of wider community who support the idea of the school, even though they themselves may not have, you know, uh, children in the school. Uh, the approach is a really conservative, really conventional approach in terms of what a school should look like, what a school should be doing, what the outcomes of a school should be. Um, they pretty much uh, believe that standardized tests, for example, are indicate something very important about you know right. the learning learning outcomes, and that um, students, especially as they get older, they should uh, be given more and more of the what they would say is like higher expectations and responsibility and things like that like their homework load should be getting increasingly more um their um sort of grades should not be that easy to come by you know good grades right, right? like there should be this kind of struggle that the students are, are having to the, the, manage their time yeah. you know do their homework every day study for tests the stress of, the stress of it all should be building exactly the stress should be building and it's yeah. this is seen as like a the, you know like we've talked about before like a rite of passage it's like these are seen as as like the factors that need to be there for for you to really consider it like a, a quality education right for it to be like academically rigorous so the right. the and the environment is very you know conventional um, in that way and you know you could refer to it as traditional and, and all that uh, but there's also kind of a mixed signal there because when I joined the school, like when I was first hired there, um, I was excited about it because they, it's also a Montessori school at the right. earlier grades. And, um, and so there's Which a the, points to unconventional. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think. Right. Yeah. Points to a progressive approach to education, which is, you know, because in, in Montessori as maybe some listeners are familiar with a lot of these things like grade levels are very you know they don't divide the, the students into strict like uh, year by year age groups right uh there's mixed age groups the, the 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 children are encouraged to like learn from one another the the role of the teacher is different it's not as like you know the source of all knowledge and information you know who delivers things and like the 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 environment is more of one of discovery that the students explore and there's a, a lot of components right. to it that are very progressive in that sense, like you know, if we're talking about progressive approaches to education versus like conservative ones or conventional ones, and um, so that kind of threw me off because you know when I when I saw that I thought this is a, a signal right of uh, the the overall approach of the school, but as I started working there I saw more and more that uh, you know I guess like at the very least you could say that this was considered a good approach for the younger children you know right uh but then the older they they got the more uncomfortable or let's say you know the more questions are raised about the appropriateness of of montessori yeah um and so i i, yeah. I think go ahead yeah well, just to jump in i feel like sometimes i feel like people like montessori because they feel like it's a better system for preservation of innocence yeah while innocence is allowed right yeah but <laughs> right but that not really not necessarily buying into it as an educational model. Yeah, yeah. Like the ones who, yeah, I, I agree. Like, like some who who like it, they see it as a as a type of sheltering, you know. Yeah. From the real world. Yeah. But yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like at 
at some point there's this idea that okay it's time to stop sheltering right there's always i've noticed there's a lot of fear of like well if they do montessori what what will happen when they go to like you know a normal school <laughs> right or a conventional school but anyway that's a whole different you know discussion but but yeah so anyway my point is is that like it sort of took me a while to realize how you know conservative and conventional the you know um environment of the school really is and so by the time i i really understood it and most of it and a lot of it came through trying to trying to um share my own ideas with with others um which the staff of the school were really you know i i think in large part on the same page but it's you know like i said like the uh the policy makers of the school who you know maybe not so much and uh so anyway i realized that and then so i, I got into a situation where I'm committed to the school, I'm committed to teaching there and everything like that, but I have just this sort of internal tension all the time between knowing what what I feel like I I have to do as a teacher, you know, the place I've reached um, as a teacher through my teaching experience before, and the uh, sort of expectations of the, you know, the school, right, the school community. And so anyway, this is what I've been struggling with, and so it adds another, you know, dimension to uh, to things like another level of stress where everything I do, like everything I try, which, which I, my approach to teaching is very experimental, <laughs> you know, and, um, yeah. but every, any kind of sign of failure or difficulty or anything feels so, um, what's the word? Um, there's so much at stake, right? Yeah. And, um, so yeah, it's just, that's the kind of situation that that I've been dealing with and it creates a lot of stress for me and um you know and and then I also know that as long as things seem like they're going well in class like students are learning like they're you know they get what I'm trying to do is as long as it's successful in that way then I think I can deal with whatever outside noise there is right but right. But, but that's the romanticiza- romanticization of it because if like going into it I'm like okay I'll be good as long as, you know, I have this perfect classroom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, as long as 100% of the students are like... Cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then so like, you yeah. know, um, one of the things that can happen that we've been talking about is that even the students themselves, you know, absorb these conventional um, ideas about how school should be. And for some, there's a portion of the students, some percentage, you know, who you could say that the school that conventional design of school fits them right yeah it's a, yeah. yeah and those are it's, the ones who are, who are successful in yeah. that system the ones who get the best grades who right. you know are the most quote unquote responsible who meet the high expectations and do so you know right um consistently and uh so yeah we, we like we can't deny that that like there's a certain portion of the student population who who flourish you know or who apparently flourish in in that kind of environment yeah, and I think that's like uh, the the struggle with like how how all the how all of these systems have evolved is is that that student that has the disposition that is successful in a conventional school uh, is uh, uh, is probably going to be you know a you know t- tougher one to win over. Yeah, but uh, uh, but the percentage is so low. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you don't want to like ignore it just because it's a low percentage of students, right. 
but but you definitely don't <laughs> like it. It's almost like you uh, you have to bow to convention a little bit even more than you might for any other student who might be having trouble because uh, that student can like look to a conventional school and be like, well, this is like <laughs> this. There's something wrong with the school. Right. Right. It's not. It's not me. It's the school right. or the class. It's and your classroom or the class. <laughs> yeah. Like, class. like yeah. in my other classes, yeah. for example, you know, we're doing it, you know, the right way or the normal way. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you're just one of. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. And, and it's uh, um but, but like in my mind, like this, this is difficult to, to overcome because I feel like the conventional, the person who has that sort of disposition that, that benefits from a conventional school setting yeah. will also benefit from like an experimental school setting. Yeah. Uh, however, uh, you, you have to kind of do this like argue. You have to yeah, have yeah. this like rhetorical. Right. They're yeah, not likely to embrace it. it. Yeah. Whereas like the ones who. Right. There's students who immediately they, they, they see it and they're like, let's go. <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> yes yes yeah i mean and and that's the thing is is most students yeah. uh uh which uh and, and then there's like and that's not and not just put on students but like my own instincts about it yeah. right like sometimes so like to to talk a little bit about like a an, an experimental classroom where almost all the students are just like whole hog there you know they're, they're like let's do this <laughs> right. um sometimes the enthusiasm can be off-putting to me as a teacher because i'm like i'm not sure what we're getting out of this <laughs> right. like i can't see it uh i can't see clearly what we're uh like i, I and <laughs> i was talking to you about this is like uh uh we, we I mean, small backgrounds, I got in a position where I needed to offer a social studies class Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of like, because, you know, we got to get these students like a certain number of credits to, you know, colleges expect to see certain things on the transcript, things like that. Uh, We're not like we're not so experimental that we're not like playing the game. Right. right? Um, And then uh, uh, so I I got this world governments class going and uh, but then. At the last minute, uh, uh, our history teacher just, you know, was able to to set up a world history class for for that same grade, mm-hmm. and so all of a sudden, my world governments class became like it had a lot of freedom. Yeah, it, like to the point that uh, <laughs> to, to the point that I started thinking like, um, well, I I can just do whatever I want here yeah. uh, <laughs> because this, like the students who are there, they, they have elected to be there. And, um, uh, but I, but I wanted to have a topic, you know, I, I, I enjoy the topic of, um, of, uh, you know, looking at governments from different times in history from around the yeah. world. But it's like, because I've sort of, cast off like almost all controls except for like student um uh, uh energy and student expectations of what they're going to learn yeah. like i don't even know what to call the class right uh, sometimes like i i i have topics that i throw out there that are you know maybe of vague interest to the students but there's other things that are of a lot more interest to the students that i can't really call 
world governments, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, and so it, it does look a lot like uh, uh, a very different kind of class yeah. uh, than than I've ever done before, and it's making me. Uh, yeah, it's making me scared. Right. Uh, that I'm, <laughs> right. I'm doing something really wrong because yeah. I do. I've have a, I have a lot of years of conventional training, yeah. and very little, uh, in terms of having almost nothing conventional in the classroom and being like feeling certain about it. Right. Right. Yeah. That's. Uh, I was going to say a dimension to it is you have these voices of doubt, right, from different sources. Yeah. And um. I think the voices of doubt outside of the classroom, to to a large extent, you can, um, you know, sort of delay listening to them. At least I don't want to say like ignore them, right? But but you can you can kind of right. put off listening to them when you go into an experimental mode because you want to you you're ready to see what happens, right? And and you're you're yeah. optimistic about having success. And if you know that success comes in a in a clear way, then that gives you the courage to face the the voices of doubt outside of the classroom, right? But then, like the student who who voices doubt, this is a different kind of problem. It's it's much more difficult, <laughs> you know, to deal with is the voice of doubt inside the classroom. And then yeah. The, yeah. the the what you're talking about now is like the voice of doubt within the teacher himself or herself within the right? experiment <laughs> within the experimenter <laughs> and. And yeah, like that's such a huge factor is that um, when I try to do something, you know, try something, experiment with something to, because I believe that it, it, the potential is there for it to be much better, you know, much more beneficial for the students. Um, I myself start having doubts about it in the midst of doing it that transform what I'm doing even. And, and you, were, you were mentioning that like, <laughs> like sometimes you do something kind of progressive or experimental but then you you keep tweaking it and tweaking it based on what's happening until in the end you end up with something that just looks you know uh conventional yeah (laughs) right because yeah because of all the doubts that you had along the way and you're like right right you're like oh how could i solve this problem and it's like oh well you could use conventional wisdom to solve the problem and um, yeah and then yeah like i think the yeah go ahead well, the example I gave you was the uh, when we were talking about this was uh, uh, I, I gave instructions for like a, a so the students have choices of that assignments yeah. and one of the assignments I, I gave instructions and the, and uh, and I got such a range of like uh, and the instructions were intentionally open yeah right. Uh, you could say vague, right? right? So that so the students didn't feel too confined, and so that they felt like they had to bring a lot of, you know. So you, I'm used to getting over that hurdle of students being like, "Oh, I don't quite understand the assignment," yeah. and I'm like, "That's okay," because, you know, because part of it's you build trust with the student. You, you know, they realize that they do some labor and they put something together that's a real. But then I got, <laughs> I got this assignment turned in, this. This was, uh, should I tell the assignment, John? I, mean, I think it's, yeah, it's all think. about, you know, your personal level of comfort. It's illustrative, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'm, I'm comfortable yeah. telling it. So this was, this was actually in, in philosophy, not in the world government's class. Uh, and, uh, and this has to do with the, the part of Plato's Republic where uh, they discuss 
creating a statue, the most beautiful statue, and using the most beautiful colors for the mm-hmm. most beautiful statue. And the most beautiful part of any you know, human body is, according to Plato, the eyes or, or Socrates in this like dialogue. And so you should give it the most beautiful color, which everyone agreed is purple. Mm-hmm. And so the purple-eyed statue sort of stands out as this illustrative point of if you try to maximize these um, uh, qualities uh, and, and put them all together, sometimes it doesn't work because they're not in the right place. Mm-hmm. This goes towards the, the larger discussion about justice. And, um, and so I asked the students to, to come up with a, a similar example to the statue with the purple eyes. And I got such a range yeah. of uh, for, ranging from a sick figure with purple <laughs> eyes <laughs> to uh, an incredibly artistic like effort uh, drawing of, uh, uh, of, a, of, of a woman with, with, with my head on top, <laughs> <Right>. which was... <laughs> Which, which, and I felt like, uh, well, that student really got it, even though that student like absolutely like destroyed my my sense of male bearing, <laughs> right. uh, and I, and, and you know, it was, uh, it was quite the quite the piece for the classmates to see. <laughs> um, they want <laughs> and they wanted me to unpack my my upset feelings right. about it, but uh, but I refused in my masculinity, right. but uh, buried that deep, <laughs> but. Um, but but yeah, I was kind of concerned with this like this range right. of like, uh, uh, and so I I started to think, well, how do I how do I clarify that like five seconds on a stick figure uh, doesn't really show me that you're getting it versus like this other person who doesn't go with the purple eyes does like something kind of interesting and you know inspired by the artistic side of yeah. it and. Uh, and I was like, oh, you know what I should do? I should keep these for next year and show examples right. and non-examples yeah. to students about what I want and <laughs> what I don't want. And uh, and I was like, oh, wait. Uh, and then I started to think, you know, I've done that in the past and I've sort of sworn it off at some point because you direct their behavior way too much when you show them. Uh, and so the whole idea of vague directions gets lost as soon as you start showing examples and non-examples. Right. Yeah. And so that's that the example I gave you where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to tweak this thing. I like the assignment, but I need to tweak it some. And how am I going to tweak it? Oh, I'll tweak it by like bringing in this conventional form that actually does a, does a lot to undo what I'm trying to yeah. do. Uh, <clears throat> and... Uh, yeah, it's not even necessarily the wrong idea. It's just, uh, it's discouraging when you throw out all of convention and then you're like, wait a minute, maybe I didn't need to just yeah, baby in the bathwater right, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and like when you're in a situation like that as a teacher, convention offers many tools of control, right, that you can you can implement to... Uh, because basically what, you, what you're trying... One way of looking at what you, the problem that you're faced with is is to you gave up too much control over the results right right and you need to reestablish some amount of control over the results so that you don't get so that it's more clear what the acceptable range of you know responses to that assignment are and um, 
<clears throat> you know, so it could be a, a rubric. It could be like, you know, like the examples, like you were saying. Um, and then, but what that comes along with is, is a sort of, um, yeah, you know what, like, I, and I didn't, we, we were talking about this before, but it just occurred to me as you were explaining the situation again, which is that um, this is just a thought, right? But I, I think essentially what might be wrong with that scenario and that assignment and, and what I myself try to, you know, I'm trying to avoid also is this saying, like, you have a responsibility to understand this thing, or like, I want you to understand this thing. Now here, do this yeah. to show me that you understand it, right? right. And so it's already very, actually, it's, it's really narrow, you know, in a, in a sense. And I think that's why when you get the responses to it, you'll be dissatisfied, you know, that, that because even though the, the range of things they could do is wide, like the purpose is very narrow, right? Like what you're trying to get, what you're trying to achieve with that assignment is a very narrow uh, goal, Right, it's, which is for them right. to show you it, that they understand this concept, <laughs> you know, of, you know, like disrupting a work of art, right? Like through one kind of uh, feature of it. Um, yeah. So, but and let me let me add though, because I, I, I think this goes more towards grades than I mean, because I, I want to clarify that this was not required, right? This wasn't a mandatory assignment. But some assignment was mandatory. They had to pick from one of the, you know, four or five that I uh, put out there or had to propose right, their own. Right. They had to show understanding of something significant in the text, right? Which is, and so I, I know I'm sort of like, maybe it seems like I'm trying to dilute your point, but I think I'm trying to like more point to the heart of it because uh, I think you, you're going to tell me that that's still that's still going to right. cause the same the same issue. Yeah. Of like you're forcing them to show understanding of something that they're well what would you say? Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's yeah. I'm just exploring this idea. So, you know, don't don't think I'm condemning your practices <laughs> you know, or anything like that. Oh yeah. No, well I, I thought yeah, yeah. No no no, it's fine. Yeah, um, so here's I, yeah. I I thought I thought you were maybe aiming towards like uh, you know, the the point of like uh if the student has something um, to like show an understanding of, then that's like one thing. But if the student doesn't, then you can't just like, like you can compel it yeah. through certain coercive acts, right, right. but, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't be, it, you, you can't put much on the student if they just didn't have an understanding to show. Right. Yeah. Cause there's uh, a possibility that the stick figure with the purple eyes it was just like the result of really not appreciating the you know that point that you were wanted them to to think about and appreciate from the text or even the point of the assignment right, right? it it could just be from that right on the other hand it could be from you know laziness right but but then again like what you're saying is is that like they could have done something else so if it was just laziness attached to this particular you know they just couldn't be bothered to put much effort into drawing something or you know creating a piece of art um yeah so there's there are many different possibilities of of why this would be the thing that they would give right as their response to the assignment and um but i i don't think that you can just look at it and tell, like, you know, one thing, you know, I'd mentioned to you before is, is like that one, if you have sit down and have a conversation with a student, it might be through that conversation, you see that they really understood it really well. And they, 
and you're happy with the how much they've understood it, regardless of how disappointed you are, you are or unimpressed you are with the stick figure <laughs> with the purple eyes. Right. You know. Well, and 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 really, like, I the more I'm talking about this, and this is, I'm sure, any listeners who think that we're just like, <laughs> you know, hopeless, like, you know, kid worshippers are going to roll their eyes now. But now, the more I think about it, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, uh, that stick figure with purple eyes. Maybe I discounted it from like purely conventional habits, right? right. right? Like maybe maybe I haven't given it a fair like a fair shake, yeah. and uh, uh, because like now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, the purple eyes don't fit. Like they don't fit, yeah. In, in the stick figure, so this is this is sort of you know like pointing to uh, the concept that they're expected to understand, yeah. And sort of the level of like effort is maybe a whole nother matter that uh, that I you know have to come to terms with and and how to deal with that. It's like a student with very insignificant amount of effort can show understanding of a, of an important concept. Uh, yeah, it, it's, yeah, I don't know. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah, in like, terms of... Just because a concept is important to the text doesn't mean that it requires a ton of exactly. labor to show... Maybe it doesn't require any labor yeah. at all, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. Like, it's, yeah, yeah well, I mean, like, if really, if, if really the thing you want is just to know that, they un- that a student understood something, why isn't it enough to just... You know, uh, like, for example, just for the student to say, yeah, I understood it. And they, you know, maybe say a couple of sentences that satisfy you, <laughs> you know. Uh, right. Because, yeah, that, I think that's what I was trying to get at is is that, like, um, we have to question ourselves. And it's really hard. Like, yeah, this is the internal, you know, conventionalist <laughs> that won't let us do this. Is, is like, why, why am I, you know, insisting on work right if if all if what i really care about in a particular instance is understanding you know um now i think there's wisdom behind that i'm not saying it's totally you know baseless like for example if you put work into something you might realize ways that you don't understand it right like like through through trying to apply an understanding or create something that, that displays that understanding. Writing is the perfect example, right? Like there's so many times I feel like I have some clear idea in my mind, but as soon as I sit down and try to start yeah. expressing it, you know, in writing, I realize that it's just a, really a jumbled yeah. mess. Like it's not really as organized yeah. or as clear or like talking on this podcast, <laughs> you know, for example. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. When we first started this, it was really hard to articulate a lot of these, uh, these thoughts and ideas. But, um, so it's not to say that work doesn't have its its value, but um, yeah, I, I but that's a different thing than like show me you understand this. I guess you know I don't know. I I think we just have to yeah we have to confront these these kinds of subtle differences. Like I'll give an example from my class. It's not exactly the same, or it might not even be the same kind of categories thing of thing as yours. But maybe you know with two examples we can can kind of discover something. Uh, uh, like something that happened in my class recently was. So I tell my students, for you know, it's it's much less pressure probably curriculum-wise because these are middle school classes. So there's not some, you know, like first of all, uh, yeah, basically there's there's not some exam that they're going to be taking at the end of the course to get college credit or anything like that. Um, and it's much less 
defined what exactly they're supposed to learn. So, for example, in English, like the way I can you know conceive of the class is that they need to be writing. They need to become you know just get more experience, more um, skill in writing. They need to be reading to improve their ability to understand more sophisticated texts, you know, of like different types, fiction and nonfiction, and so on. They need to have opportunities to express themselves verbally, right, to speak and listen and be in discussion and conversation. So just very broadly, this is the way, I, you know, I think of the class and the way I explain it to the students also. So I say, I tell them, like, any day you come into class and we're going to do stuff for English, you need to, like, you know, do you want to, you know, write something that you're interested in, read something, <laughs> you know, that you're interested in. And so I just try, I'm trying to create an environment where everyone is pursuing things that they're interested in, practicing those things, and then we have some system of being a community with one another, you know, and, and sharing those ideas. And so this is just a typical day in class like that with that kind of uh, structure or lack of structure. And two of the students were typing away furiously on their, on their Chromebooks, right? But they were having, it, it appeared to me they were having too much fun. So I was like, they can't, be, right. <laughs> they can't be like writing essays or something. <laughs> and they were typing too fast. Right. Right. Um, and so like yeah. I kind of peeked, you know, and saw what they were doing. And I realized they were, they were on, you know, one of those um, typing practice websites, you know, to test right. your typing speed. And they were like competing with one another. They were doing the same thing and trying to see who could get like the highest word per, words per minute. And, yeah. you know, my reaction to that was like, okay, that's not what, you know, come on guys that doesn't count, count. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they were all disappointed they were like really into it and I was like okay you know to the to the point where like I knew if they kept their Chromebooks out they weren't they weren't going to be able to or they you know to control themselves enough to transition into something else on the Chromebook like the Chromebooks had to be closed right. and go away <laughs> you know right and so I don't remember you know like exactly what I did but it was something like that maybe I at first I tried like okay you know Let's work on something else, and they'd start working. But then I came back again, and they were typing furiously, <laughs> you know. Again. And so, like, like I realized it's just it was just like irresistible to them, and but it led to you know some tension, some conflict, and I you know I had to forcefully right sort of like make them do something else. But then I was reflecting on right. it later, and and also that happened to be a day in class where I was kind of frustrated in this effort to have them pursue something that they're, you know, interested in and that they want, that they want to do, you know, I have you know, good days and bad days. Right. And so it was kind of a bad day for that. And, and so I was just like reflecting in general, like, and I had to think like, was it really a problem for them to do that? You know, and, and then just some really obvious things c occurred to me, right? The more proficient they are at typing, the easier writing is going to be for them, you know? Yeah. Um, and like even just doing those those speed typing exercises you know is is increasing precision right like it's you know some amount of spelling that yeah. you're you know you're practicing there's some amount of sentence right. you know construction even if it's passively you know just uh, um copying what's there you know so it, it's yeah. it clearly has and, some and, benefit and yeah yeah and they're associating the activity of typing with like Joy. Right. Yeah. They were. Yeah. They were enjoying it. <laughs> They're yeah. fun. They're having yeah. fun. And and they were doing doing something in my yeah. class that they were completely, yeah, enjoying and 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 uh, you know maybe the benefits are a little questionable. Like if you compare it to, to for instance, composing an essay, right? Like, it's not right. to say that it's it's equivalent to that, but why not let them do it? 
you know. Uh, right. Yeah. And 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 yeah. Later on, I you know I talked to the students individually, those two, and I said, look, when I when I made you stop doing the the speed typing thing, I told them that was a mistake. I should have just let you keep doing it, you know. And um, yeah, and so that was just an example. Of, like the comfort level of the teacher can can really kind of ruin <laughs> ruin moments yes. and things happening that that it's not necessary yeah, it yeah, it's better not to not to ruin you know yeah it, it can't it's and it's <laughs> but it's hard and we're sitting there talking about it and we'll be back tomorrow yeah, exactly <laughs> uh and uh and it's going to be hard again to like um yeah to to make those calls uh, on the frontier, <laughs> frontiers <laughs> frontier of discovery, of discovery. <laughs> <laughs> in education, yeah. yeah. Because I mean, there's obvious, there's obvious things, right? There's obvious things that you shut down, right? You know, inappropriate talk, anything where people are, you know, being hurtful right. towards right. each other, and inappropriate content, yeah. anything that are physically dangerous, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's obvious right. things, but it's it's those it's those other things where it's like technically. And this is the the thing that I've gotten worried about where you've like told me to kind of just handle, you know, deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't say it that way, but you're like, keep doing it Um, and like get over your insecurity. But yeah, it's, it's just like this, this, this world government class where I'm not even sure I can call it a a class that has a top subject now. Right. And, My idea was and, uh, that you just changed the name of the class to like government lab. Right, <laughs> right, right. I, I was so concerned about how far away from the topic we got. You said, well, just change the name of the class since you don't need the social studies credit yeah. anymore. And I'm like, yeah, that that might be a solution. Uh, uh, I'd have to make an argument to everybody who took the class thinking <laughs> right. it was world governments, yeah. but would say, well, we can keep this thing going where – I'm trying to always like yield to what it seems that y'all need in terms of your energy. Yeah. Uh, but um, but but still the 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 topic does some work though because you know the class the class does function as like a uh, as a government class because they've created their own like system of rule within the class. Yeah. Um, and how they're going to manage things. And so, uh, yeah, and so it is kind of, uh, it, it, it's probably the closest I've gotten to actual, like, Montessori at the secondary mm-hmm. level, where I'm more of just, like, creating an, or, or I help them create an environment, yeah. and they see what they're going to get yeah. from it. But, uh, you know, uh, yeah. But yeah it's you like, had also mentioned, uh, you know, it, like, it, it seems like you'd be comfortable talking about this, that you have... You know, like there's some portion of the class, maybe a couple of individuals or, or something who are you're you're kind of worried that they, you know, would prefer more convention. You know, they want a world government class and they're not not getting it right or something. Yeah. Well, I think they I think they don't want I, I mean, like the, all the students who took the class, they, they kind of know that what they're getting when they get me that we're going to we're going to be pretty open to trying yeah. new things. But I think. I think I even surprised a few of them <laughs> right. uh, who had me before with how, like, it, which I, I think, I don't think I have any students who are, like, openly, like, or I shouldn't say, I, I 
yeah. I, I don't think who are secretly wishing the class would go pure conventional. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think I have some doubts about I mean, the same kind of doubts that I have about whether or not this gets us right, anywhere, yeah. uh, or is this just playtime? Right. Right. right? Yeah. Um, you know, one idea. And, yeah. Go uh, ahead. No, no, you tell yeah, me. Yeah, it just that just occurred to me is like a possibility would be to offer, you know, because like to offer to any students who maybe aren't enjoying or benefiting or, you know, or, or concerned about how much they're benefiting from the class the way it's, uh, you know, going right now, um, to offer a sort of meta level of engagement with the class, which could be to, you know, observe the class as, you know, as a, third you know as like an outsider rather right. than participating in the you know actual simulation <laughs> right of a government uh but to observe it for example and um you know maybe use those observations in in some kind of comparative or analytical analytical way where they could look at you know maybe pick a world government or or several and do something like that um yeah you know, just an idea yeah, yeah. There's probably yeah. There's probably something like a role uh, that I could assign. That yeah. That that would yeah. I mean that that if nothing else, give them a, a real sense that their you know that their feedback or that their thoughts about the class are uh, are legitimate and and, and sh- you know and that I want to hear them. Right. But I, I don't even mean in the community of the class giving them something, but but like giving them something individually where they could then devote some time to, um, you know, learning information that in, in the, in the class itself, maybe there's not an opportunity to do that because the rest of the students are, are so consumed with just, you know, operating their government. Right. You know, right. so anyway, just an idea of like making it possible for a student not to participate in the class itself as it's being, you know, done, but like have a role. Well, and, and, and yeah. And why shouldn't you do that? Really? It's like, uh, you know, every individual comes to you with a different, like uh, ability to engage with, you know, in the environment, right. yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's hard, you know, in Montessori preparing the environment is so important, but it's, it's really difficult when, um, when you're starting with like a, you know, a cube that is with with tables and chairs, and not a lot of conventional wisdom, or not a lot of Montessori wisdom at, at the secondary age, especially inside of a class in classroom walls. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 necessary for me to figure out how to modify the environment so that um, so that that individual has a. Well, I, I feel like I'm saying one thing and you're kind of saying another thing. Yeah. Because I, I keep trying to keep the, the, the person who is having any concerns in the in the community of the right. classroom. Right, yeah, yeah. And you're, and yeah, and you're, you're offering a, which, which, you know, and maybe that's part of like maturity is, is figuring out how to, how to manage that. But I, I think, yeah, I think we're getting maybe too. Detailed about this, in, yeah. Uh, details without revealing details. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, there was something else uh, about that yeah, I was going to say. Not about this, uh, but yeah, I lost it now. So don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a struggle out there 
on the frontiers of discovery. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't really talk that much about the hubris and the the humiliation, but I think it kind of alluded to it that, um, yeah, it's just like when you, as a teacher, if you sort of position, if if I position myself as some kind of person who's going to, you know, go to to struggle against convention, right? And and uh, it's a sort of also comes with a sort of feeling that you're liberating at least the students from uh, oppressive conventions, right? Like we were, we were talking about, like that that conventional school works for some, but for the majority, it doesn't seem to to work that well. It it kind of stifles them to a really yeah. large extent, and uh, and I, I guess what I would say is the ones who that for whom it works are the ones who still get some, you know, benefit of, of learning from it. Not just meaning that they get good grades and, and succeed apparently, but that like also in, in a sort of meaning, yeah. more meaningful way, they also benefit and they come away, you know, understanding things and having, you know, right. It actually, right. Works. It actually works. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but for the others, you know, like for myself, I know that I, I, think of myself as as someone who's kind of liberating the others from from that kind that system that might oppress them or prevent them from benefiting from their education and um so you know at those moments of of doubt or or serious challenges uh, or where it seems like you're achieving less than you would uh if you were doing things conventionally then it's a real you know like uh, reality check, <laughs> you know, like, like that this is not some kind yeah. of, you know, glorious path of, you know, liberation necessarily. It's just really like just hard work. And, you know, if you want to try something, you have to be willing to, um, you know, put up with the stress and the frustration and the, you know, the ups and downs and the disappointments and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and like, to I think for myself, like I can say from my experience, to whatever degree I sort of see myself as, um, you know, being, uh, more insightful or more enlightened or more whatever, um, or is, is, you know, a really detrimental thing and, and can make the, you know, um, disappointments that much, that much more painful. Right. So it's a, it's a big mistake <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, that, there's a few sentences on on hubris, yes. right? <laughs> to sh- to show understanding. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So th- I hope that showed some understanding, demonstrated <laughs> understanding of that. Yeah, that could be. You know, I, I don't know if we've ever talked directly about that, but when I read through learning standards and and such, this uh, insistence on students demonstrating understanding, <laughs> you know, it's like something right, that yeah. I. I think is pretty easy to accept as as a reasonable thing, but um, yeah, like when you really think about learning and how much that narrows and constricts the acceptable outcomes, um, yeah, it's just really you know um, I think uh, you know I don't know better way to say it, but yeah, it has a negative you know. Um, deadening maybe constricting effect on learning where like if we just do stuff that's beneficial 
then why do these benefits always have to be demonstrated? And, and like, you know, why do we always have to insist on having evidence that it's happening? Right. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of like just creates this whole scenario where there's always a doubt about, you know, it's always a question. Did you really understand it? Can you really do this? You know, <laughs> where, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, and and I think anybody who like reflects on their, I mean, I mean, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of this feeling, and there it's been there for a long time, for decades at least, because I remember my peers and myself thinking this, but like I I didn't learn anything, like I don't know what I learned in high school yeah. or or this past year, you know, I don't I didn't learn anything, right? And it it felt like, and I think the reason that that comes up is is because what you feel like you did was you jumped through a bunch yeah, of hoops yeah. and then i think on reflection we've a lot of times said well we were learning how to learn <laughs> that was sort of like the the answer to right. that i might have discussed this in a previous episode but uh but learning how to learn <laughs> right <laughs> uh yeah that can come if that's really what school's about <laughs> right right then then uh then experiment seems like the most responsible thing to do. Right. Like you shouldn't just be doing a conventional approach where it's like, oh, I'm really learning whether or not I learn this way and or how to learn this way. It's like you should learn how to learn every way right. that you can encounter. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Right. And so you get your conventional teacher, you get your experimental teacher, and maybe with that sort of like, then maybe you can actually justify that but i I think that that answer was that that answer always frustrated me that we were learning how to learn uh because it 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 seemed like we were just trying to come up with a reason to keep the system as it was you know i think even that that answer that statement can be um kind of understood with more context in that Okay, first of all, like, do people really need to learn how to learn? Right. Okay. Like, there's a there's a really <laughs> strong sense in which you don't. Right. Yeah. Like, people just know how to learn. It's right. not like something that in itself is right. not a skill. So we're, the only, we're the only species on earth that doesn't know how to right. learn. <laughs> now you might say, okay, there's a certain type of learning that people don't automatically do. Right. That they they need to experience like experience and and develop as a habit or you know whatever. Right. That they need to be taught. Um, now I think if we say what kind of learning is that, right, then I think there's a really strong possibility that what we would end up seeing is it's the kind of learning where somebody tells you exactly what you need to be able to do (laughs) and exactly what you need to be to understand. (laughs) And then you need to be able to show them that you do and, and, and like jump through the hoops. It's exactly learning how to, you know, respond to hoops being placed in front of you, um, you know, like, yeah, exactly. To perform according to someone's like exact specifications, maybe that that's a kind of learning that doesn't come naturally to to people. And um, and the, I guess you know, I'm not saying that there's that's never appropriate, but it it doesn't seem like the way the appropriate way to learn broad um, skills of reading and writing and you know thinking and even when it comes to math like uh, you know i'm going to pick on math (laughs) again but like (laughs) even with math for example like um my son is 
been recently, you know, doing in his math class. He's in middle school and he's doing like linear equations, right? And he'll tell me about what, you know, what he's doing and what, what they did in class. And then I just think to myself, okay, I remember, you know, this stuff. Uh, probably not from when I did it in, you know, middle school or high school, probably more of when I did it in college. I think that's probably where, you know, most of my memory of it is from. But um, I still don't really know, like, like what is a line model? Like, what is the point of, of lines and li- like a line on a graph and a linear equation? Like, you know, what is this? Does it represent something, you know? Like, what's the right. use of it, right? And and I started talking about that with my son and thinking about it. And I said, okay, it's like when you have two variables, right? And, um, like, I guess, you know, um, yeah, like w- when they change and you want to visually represent... Anyway, so we just started exploring this idea of, like, what are these for? <laughs> like, what are these lines for and what do they do? What are the implications of them or what is what's the... You know, is there a practical application and stuff like that? And I realized that of all the time that I probably spent in, in math classes doing work with, with graphing lines and working with linear equations, I still don't know. I still can't answer that question. Like, I don't know, you know. Right. And I'm not saying no one does. Like, probably those people who, who math yeah. can, comes more easily, <laughs> you know, is, it just clicks for them. There are probably, you know, plenty of people out there who, you know, who could, you know, explain that. Um but for me, like, I would rely on the experiences that I had in school to, to know that or to understand that. And I think the experiences that I had in school, even to a large extent, kept me from thinking about that, understanding it, you know, uh, and everything. And, um, and wanting, wanting to, to yeah, I, I, it, like, right, even like, there being yeah. any need to understand that, you know, like, yeah. uh or even seeing anyone who's interested in, <laughs> in understanding that, like interacting with, with anyone who even seems to, to, you know, consider that more important than, than being able to demonstrate that I know how to, <laughs> you know, like, I don't even remember the terms, like balance a linear equation or solve a linear equation or graph, you know, a linear equation. It's always, it was just always about these tasks that I was, I needed to show that I could do, you know, right. and, uh, I think that's what when we say like you need to demonstrate this this and this it's it's always comes down to that because like how would you demonstrate that you conceptually understand the you know um importance of or use of or application of you know appropriateness of in different situations of a linear equation I guess you would have to write an essay you know Yeah I mean I think the uh, yeah the math when the math tasks uh are just that performance, then it seems, well, and I mean, uh, man. (laughs) Yes. I, I, I'm going to just stop myself and say, yeah, I agree. I'm not like, uh, I'm not exactly sure what I want to say on top of that, except that like, I, I, I think the, um, the way to show understanding, uh, is so, yeah, all right. So, all right. I'm I'm gonna go back to when I took okay. Greek. If I if I can sort of change the uh, the base right. example here. Uh, so when I was taking uh, ancient Greek or Attic Greek, uh, the and this is the you know pl- 
Plato's uh, right. era. Uh, so I, I I understood the importance of it. So I did this in my 30s, uh, late 30s. Uh, I understood the importance of learning it. Like I had come to it as a yeah. learner, like as like, oh, I want to learn this, right? I, I want to, you know, find a place where I can, you know, understand this and, and understand philosophy better. I'll be a better, like, philosophy teacher. I'll better understand the, you know, the nuances of, of a lot of these right. texts where you're always reading translator notes. And so it's just became very appealing right. to me. Um, and, uh, uh, in the class, uh, there were, there was these like moments. Now I'm not saying the class needed to cater to me, <laughs> just yeah. did not, uh, need, need to cater to me. But, uh, there are these moments where we would have like uh, a term that would pop up, uh, like Kalos, right? It's like, and you're like, oh, this seems like a really important term. I bet that Plato was using this term a lot, you know, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, and 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 your, you know, eudaimonia. These these things that would pop up just based on like you're you're reading these right. old texts and you're trying to learn how to, but like, the class wasn't really set up to discuss like the philosophical implications of mm-hmm. these terms, right? It's way more important to learn to conjugate and, and learn the declensions and to, uh, to get the the grammatic, grammatical and uh, syntactical, you know. Uh, uh, practices like down cold, yeah. right? So that you could approach this stuff, right? But but that that effort of doing that, uh, and you know, like I'm sitting here counting my years. Like I I usually, I mean I I felt old yeah. at this time, right? You know, I'm like in a class with like early twenties, uh, something. You know, kids just starting, <laughs> right? <laughs> starting. I used to be so good about not saying kids when I was talking about adults. Uh, I gotta reflect on that, but uh, uh, but yeah, these 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 young uh, these young people who are starting off, and uh, and I'm feeling pretty old, and they they've got all this energy for it. Well, you know, this isn't a big class, so the ones who are actually selecting in it, and they've got like Sanskrit background, they've got like Latin down cold, and so. Uh, and the, so the energy of the class was really like along these yeah. lines, whereas the energy that I was bringing to the class was like, oh, I would like to stop on this word for a while and mm-hmm. look at it. And, you know, for but but it would just be it would be coming up as just like, a, uh, oh, it happens to be that they're talking about eudaimonia right. now. And and while that's an interesting term for the philosophers. Yeah. Right. We, we, we need to look at the verb this verb here and you know it's 40,000 different <laughs> forms is that an exaggeration <laughs> it's, it's 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 slight yeah. exaggeration the, the 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 greek verb is is kind of like infamous for okay. being insanely complex uh but yeah it's uh yeah it's um uh but it was it was something where it was like well i'm just not like and I would do it like I'd work hard, like I'm a, a mature student, and I'm like, oh, I know you got to bring effort to the class right. and labor to the class. Uh, but in the end, like I, I just burned out yeah. on that. Like it, you know, I did a semester, and and I was like, okay, <laughs> Greek two, 
am I coming? And I'm like, no, I don't right. think yeah. so. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, uh, I had a, an idea that I could like hold on to what I had and regain my, you know, energy yeah. for it. But, uh, but no, I mean, I, I couldn't. And I, and I think it, it had a lot to do with like the, uh, and there were things I loved about the class. Like it was so interesting to go into a quiz situation, and uh, I mean, I hated the pressure of it again, like feeling like a high schooler yeah. who hadn't studied right. enough, even though I was studying like a lot. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, going into these quizzes and like, you know, starting on page one and like doing some stuff but not remembering like yeah. everything. And then going later in the quiz and then figuring out things from the quiz. There's like so many like uh, things I liked about quizzes, which, but that didn't have to do with Greek. That had to do with like problem solving right. with like, you know, using scant evidence from right. over here to like plug in, you know, make a theory. <laughs> and so there was like uh, uh, this experience of it was just like, uh, um, I mean, it was, there were a lot of good things that came out of it, but but the focus was so intensely on the performance um, or demonstrating. I, I wasn't rewarded. Basically, the, the 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 teacher wasn't like, "Oh, I'm really impressed that you grabbed this like you know this here and you figured out this over here, or that you applied it." And I see what you were trying to do, even though you did it wrong. It was just like, no. I mean, it was very it was a very uh, you know clear. You didn't you know you didn't get yeah, this right. right kind of. Uh, quiz and so um and yeah and like i'm saying I, you know that kind of class okay it's it, probably the last place i can expect like a montessori <laughs> <Right>. environment <laughs> uh but yeah there was there's so much uh excitement i had for it um and i just you know, I never quite figured out how to develop my own environment to learn it. Uh, and then the environment that I immersed myself into also was like uh, it had it had too many challenges for me to, like, make that work yeah. in my life. Uh, and, and I imagine that's like I mean, in this I'm sorry, I was jumping off from the math thing. It's like uh, you can have you can even know why you're learning yeah. something. Right. Like in, in terms of your uh uh, your your graph graphing the line, you can even know why, uh, and you can still be in an, an environment like an env academic environment where you don't care to do it. Right? Anymore. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> like you can be interested in it and want to do it, and then if the environment is like, uh, and I'm not like, and you know, part of what anyone should take away from this story about the Greek, I'm not. You know, I'm not a polyglot. I don't have a, a skill with languages. Uh, I took serious study. I started, you know, getting serious about, you know, academics and study very late in life. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of right. things you can realize that, like, you know, I, I, I might have been an unjust situation where I was not the right person in that yeah. place, right? But uh, um, so I really want to clarify, I'm not trying to, you know, criticize a class that was clearly laid out as a, you know, you're going to learn the fundamentals yeah. here. But, uh, but yeah, it just sort of like it, it struck me as like even with that knowledge of like, oh, I know what Greek, you know, I know right, why I'm right. learning Greek. Even with a clear purpose and, and clear still, interest in it and, and yeah. everything, yeah, yeah.
and uh and yeah and it was just like it, it, there wasn't you know what it is it's like god i'm sorry that that went on for too long <laughs> no but but I, I think it's like uh i was like there was a willingness there but that willingness and i'm talking about me as an adult yeah. right um that that willingness and that energy for it like looking back on it um for for me to have done better with it overall it needed to be like really like kind of carefully like ah man i'm i'm going to sound like <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to say this and then you judge <laughs> all right, me all right. tell me how people sure. are going to judge me but it needed to be like carefully like monitored and cultivated the right yeah. way yeah, um, no, I I think I know of a way to and, to, to, to yeah. characterize it, and and I'm kind of interested in knowing if this this lines up at all with your experience with you know Arabic or Farsi. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. tell me what. Well, I mean, I think my experience learning languages, the ones that I've been successful at, is is a lot different because I was able to do it full time, um, you know, and like that was basically all I was doing. Um, when I when I studied Arabic right. and Farsi, um, and then in the case of Farsi, I was like immersed in an environment, you know, of where it was just Farsi. So, um, so that's that's a huge difference. But the what I was gonna say is that like like I think probably what would have needed to happen for you to experience success in that is that you you know have a learning environment that cares about why you're doing it and is responsive to like to why you're doing it yeah like imagine if if the you know professor in that course took the time to like get to know each person's motivation each student's motivation right and um and also just you know change their what they're expecting from you according to that so you just have this feeling of like of course they can't give everybody everything that they need right but what you need and what you want from it is important. And it's it's not like you don't have this feeling of being out of place. Oh, this is only for young people who are going into like class, you know, the classics field and uh, and whatever. You know, that, right. that like your purpose for it, this class is just completely designed for those people. Because I don't even think that's necessary. Like, um, like because if someone is really as motivated as, as those, young, those young people, you know, that you said in the class, like, why wouldn't they just be expected to pursue that and and do it without you know like why does the assessment of you know in the class have to be standard you know like it could be like if you're you know if you already know latin and you're going into you know you're going to become a you're doing your graduate studies in the classics or something like this and and everything then you know why can't all those people be in the same class and and equally you know, get the benefits and what they need from from that same class, right? Like to me, it 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 seems like right, that, that yeah. would be very possible. What it would rely more on is, is uh, uh, rely on more. <laughs> when I said rely more on, I felt like I was saying the word like moron, like idiot. <laughs> um, although that yeah. wouldn't syntactic syntactically make sense. But what it would is <laughs> some great, some okay, great good. Yeah, happy coincidence then but what it would require yeah. <laughs> is that it would uh depend more on the motivation of the students right like like see that's the thing is because people are coming to that class like okay this class is going to make me learn greek right 
And right. that's why they're structured right. the way they are. That's why there's the, the quizzes and, you know, and all that kind of stuff is because like actually learning it is like a kind of secondary or it's just one of the goals. One of the main goals is to, to have documented that you learned it, you know, and that documentation of you learning it is, is why you have all of those, you know, quizzes the way you have them and, and the structure and everything like that. Because when you, right. when you get that credit on your transcript, it better be reliable, you know, and if you loosen that up too much, then, then, you know, how can they say like what you got out of that class is equivalent to what another person got out of the class? If you, you know, if the professor were approaching you in different ways and according to your, you know, your goals and everything like that. Um, so, yeah, I know I just went off on a sort of rant there. No, that's good. I mean, I, I, I'm glad you flipped that over because I was thinking about it. You may be too and individually and, and, but you're right. And the classes, like the classicists, you know, even like uh, even if it's understood that like that's what your route yeah. needs to be, it's still not necessarily the best approach right, for right. them. Um, because yeah, I mean these guys, and, and like you say, and like the, the 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 people who did well in the class, and first of all, like. I think it ended up being a class of five. We started with maybe yeah. nine, um, and I made it through. Uh, but, but the other four were, I mean, they were like they would come in, doing going through the declensions, talking about the you know, uh, the alpha declension versus the. <laughs> I so I don't remember anything else. <laughs> I'm not sure it's alpha yeah. declension, but. Uh, but yeah, you know, and they'd talk about exceptions and they would just be like, they'd be so energetic about exceptions yeah. to the rules of which there's millions, it <laughs> right. seems. And th that would be depressing yeah. to me. Right. And uh, and just like clearly like you, you're in your point, my, my point being that I think you're onto something. It's like they're going to learn this. Yeah. Right. Like th the structure is. uh it's there. It's not as much of an obstacle right. for them, but it's quite possibly also an obstacle to the, to the people coming in and uh, who who are just, um, yeah, who yeah, just love right. it. You know, who just uh, love the the difficult things. <laughs> right. Yeah. <clears throat> Kalapata kala. <laughs> Was that Greek? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. Uh, I. I I don't think I was credited with translating it correctly, but I think I understand the, okay. the general idea of it, of that that which is difficult leads to that which is mm. beautiful. All right. The difficult yes. road, maybe. So that can but, take uh, us back to the difficult road of being on the frontiers of discovery also as teachers. Yes. Oh, there you go. Well, way to wrap <laughs> it around. Yes. Yeah, so now, we, now I don't know if we should call the... the the, the episode Frontiers of Discovery or Kalafatakala. <laughs> and I'm sure the pronunciation for anyone who made it this far and like the, the very small section of <laughs> of listeners that we have, uh, although we do have one who who might be able to criticize my pronunciation there. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Maybe that could be the subtitle, you know, or like the after the colon. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and I will, I'm not even going to try on the accents. Don't even talk to me about acute and grave. I'm Maybe you could just, interested. I don't know if there's a Google Translate can put it into the actual, you know, Greek. And then you can just copy and paste. It, it puts okay. it into modern. 
Yeah. Yeah. You ran We, you know, uh, yeah, it was, it was quite difficult that class for, for the technological like limitations mm-hmm. weren't were, <laughs> <laughs> all the tools tended to be for modern Greek, which is very oh, okay. different beast. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's evolved in the last five or six years, and it's got added. Right. I mean, maybe not Google Translate, but I, I guess I would be surprised if there weren't some kind of online, you know, um, if there weren't online tools. Well, there, for, there's yeah. tools, but like, yeah, there's tools, but you know, you got to download your own keyboard, right, yeah. and you got to, yeah, and you got to make sure, like, <laughs> you know, you you get into like the yeah, it's just one of those things where you get into that world. And like for me, it's discouraging because I'm like I'm trying to learn Attic Greek. I'm not trying to learn uh, Koine here, right? <laughs> I'm not trying to uh, get involved in the different you know dialects. Right, yeah. You know, I need to know what Plato <laughs> yeah, yeah. is doing. But you know, the guys who who or the the people rather um, who did well in the class, you know, they just they'd see all those differences and, and just yeah. loved it. Uh, <laughs> but uh yeah so all right well you wrapped it around so i think we should wrap it up uh and so i appreciate the the discussion john and uh hopefully we've given ourselves some uh uh, some confidence uh not not arrogance going into this week uh uh, trailblazing the the path to uh, oh you know what we forgot to say that like um you know, it's a tough job, but someone's got to do it. I forgot to have that have that sentiment. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tough job, but somebody's yeah. got to do it. Yep. And on that note. All right. So now has yes. that been said? That needs right, no further yeah. exploration. Okay. Um, well, thank you to anybody who listened all the way through. Yes. Um, hour and a half here. <laughs> It'll be shorter <laughs> after the production. And, oh, that's yeah. right. We'll compress it. We'll compress it. It'll still be over an hour though. So thank you. And uh and thanks for sticking around in our hiatus. Yeah, thank as you. Well. So, yeah. so loyal listeners. Yeah. All of you out there. Yeah. Loyal listeners. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. Yeah. Waiting for the I also really enjoyed yeah. the conversation. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, yeah, as always. It's a pleasure. All right, goodbye. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Stop. Yeah.